Hi and welcome to this Formula One podcast. I'm Oscar and I'm joined as usual by my co-host. Hello, I'm Daniel and we're here today to talk about the upcoming Singapore Grand Prix. But as usual, we're going to start off with last race, which was in Italy. But unlike most times where we start with the race, we just have to start with the third round of qualifying. Every, every driver went out at the start of the, of the qualifying, except for uh, Lance Stroll in the Racing Point car. And yeah, it was... No, he was the one who didn't go out. Uh, Raikkonen crashed during the first run, and a few guys didn't get their time saved because he became a red flag because he crashed in the last corner. Uh, so I think, for example, Albon, I think, was one of those guys which didn't get a time in the first round. So everyone went in, waited for the red flag to go away, and sure enough, it went away. But no one went out. And they were just sitting there in, in, the, uh, in the pits until it was less than two minutes left of, this, uh, of the qualifying. Then... All nine cars remaining went out at the same time. And what followed is just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that thing when we were watching the cars actually stand, it was watching paint dry in a way. Yeah. Nothing happened. Um, yeah, and I was, uh, just, I, I was wondering what the heck are they doing? Yeah, and after listening, <laughs> I was thinking that too when I was watching it, and uh, I've been trying to find out like why would this be the thing, and, and uh, to be fair, it wasn't that hard to find, but around a circuit like Monza where there's such so such high speeds uh, for the in pretty much the entire race, having a car in front of you that really that reduces the uh, air drag that your car is gonna feel can cut your lap time down by as much as half a second which is massive over one lap pace so what these these drivers really wanted to to do in this last run of the third qualifying was no one want to be in front giving everybody else half a second plus on their time and that's what happened. Hulkenberg went out fast. He fainted that he, and, and drove into the, uh, the uh, I don't know what you call it. Just, yeah, he didn't drive the circuit just to try to make Stroll, for, force Stroll to go out in, in front of him. He didn't. He just slowed everyone down. So here's Hulkenberg, Stroll, and Sainz also joined in. Pretty much driving at a speed where a normal road car will be able to overtake them. Um, and just trying to have someone else pretty much pull the, pull the field along. And it just wasn't enough time for that. And if it wasn't because Vettel became quite, quite mad and, and Hamilton was also wondering what, what is happening and in the end, uh, science uh, find out, figured out that time was running out, so he actually got going and he actually started pulling away from the field. And Leclerc joined him a while later, 
driving, trying to get away from the field a little bit. And yeah, in the end, those were the only two cars that finished, crossed the finish line before qualifying went out. Yeah, it was a big anticlimactic thing. Yeah. So out of the nine cars that went out for a last lap, only two actually got to do a last lap, which one, Leclerc, which already had the uh, the pole time at the time. He had the fastest time from the first run in Q3. Uh, he didn't fi- he didn't fu- uh, finish that uh, lap. He just uh, he waltzed back into the pit pretty much after a uh, lap. While Science actually tried, he actually he actually pushed and tried to get some positions. He didn't he he didn't climb anything. Um, he, he still uh, would have start seventh uh, like he was before. But yeah. Somehow, the weirdest qualifying I've ever seen. Yeah, that was ridiculous in a way. Yeah. I don't want to see that thing again. Indeed. And like I don't think it is it is kind of the team's fault for laying it out so late. And it's like but I I don't think there's a rule the FIA can put in or something like that that would stop this from happening because really because what they're really trying to do is just drive the car as fast as possible that's all they're trying to do and because the slipstream on Monza is so strong because of the so much of the lap is full speed then that's what they're going to chase like I feel like the only way to not have this again is to create cars that doesn't get as much boost from a slipstream. That either the car in front doesn't create as much slipstream or the car behind isn't as good as you at using it. I don't know which is the easiest. And maybe that's the solution they already have for the 2021 car uh, that we've seen the first pictures and since seen it being uh, in a wind tunnel, trying it out. Uh, so we've seen maybe a little bit how it's going to look, but if that's a thing about it, I don't know. Time will tell, but yeah. But I hope they do something about it so we don't have to see that next year again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but I don't, I don't remember it being this way last year. Oh, I, I don't of remember course, seeing like, that any year I have watched. No, I've like, yes, I did. Uh, going into this, we, we watched some highlights of the last races and, and stuff like that just to remind ourselves what happened. But I don't, of course, I didn't watch qualifying reaction <laughs> or qualifying highlights, should I say, from the 2018 race. Uh, moving into the last episode uh, of this podcast. But no, we usually see the highlights from the race, not qualification. Yeah, because usually the the races were races where it's happening. Like that's where the points cases start. So that's way more interesting. But yeah, but I can't remember that it happened last season. So yeah, well, we 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 would. I think they would ma- have mentioned it somewhere in information in that case. Yeah. True. Like they we would, watch, they would we, have said in the broadcast. They yeah, they, they would have said in the broadcast, like, oh, same thing, like, like last year or something. Yeah, 
and they didn't mention that. So it probably yeah. didn't happen last year. So something they did this year made the cars way better at using Slipstream, yeah. which they have had to change as fast as they can, I think, because this is not the way racing is supposed to be. Waiting for someone else to drag you along the circuits, like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope for let's hope for be, uh, better next year. But yeah, if we were going to move on to the race, yeah, Leclerc win again. Second uh, second weekend in a row. Yeah, his two first wins in a in, uh, in F one, and except for the pit stop, uh, he he dropped down of course a little bit in the pit stop. But other than that, he was. Out, out in front the entire race. And he was defending for Hamilton well over an hour <laughs> of just yeah. pure pure time. He was pretty much like 53 laps. He was pretty much defending from Hamilton 46 of those. Or 43 or something like that. Yeah, then Bottas came. Yeah, after Hamilton did one mistake. Yeah, and His only mistake in the race. They literally said Hamilton down, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bottas, which changed tyres later than Hamilton, later than Leclerc, so he had fresher tyres. And yes, he had pushed him a little bit to catch up to Hamilton, but he would still have way better tyres than Leclerc, and Leclerc also on the hard at this point. Um, so, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Really, told Bottas right on the edge. Okay, hunt him down. It's, yeah, it's yours. I, I love that. You, you got you got twelve laps. So there we go. Yeah. He defended him for for fifty one laps, but oh, forty one yeah, laps. Bottas was constantly getting closer. Yeah, and he had a time. few. Yeah, he felt like it. And then he did one mistake. Just as Hamilton did one mistake, Bottas did one mistake. Yeah. That cost him everything. It's, it, it into like turn one with just a few laps to go he was really close in the club. He's just, he had been 1.6 seconds by the club by the time Hamilton dropped behind and at that time he was only half a second behind the club. Yeah. he had been eating up that uh, that lead that Leclerc had lap after lap after lap and then he misses his break point he had a DRS for the first time in the race, pretty much on Leclerc, and I think that's what could, that's what uh, dropped him off. He, yeah, he used were, this regular breakpoint. It was too late. Uh, broadcast at least, like the, he was uh, breaking, like he didn't have that uh, DRS thing and everything. He was breaking like before. Yeah, and that's probably why he went a little bit deep into turn one, and that's why he compromised his run through turn two, and that's why he never. Never again call up to Leclerc to actually uh, push him to until the end of the race. So he did finish inside a second of Leclerc in the end, point eight, but he never really got close to to challenge Leclerc again for the rest of the race. So, but one person had uh, a really really bad race again was his teammate Vettel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Oh. I, I think that was sixth or seventh race in a row that Leclerc had out-qualified Vettel. Which is in, in itself is quite remarkable. 
Vettel is now without wins for 22 races in a row, 23, one of those, since last year's uh, Belgium. That was the last win he had, uh, I believe. But yeah, um, this race started fourth, looked pretty good, got passed by Hulkenberg, I believe it was. It was one of the Renaults yeah. on pretty much the opening lap. <laughs> and shortly afterwards, he's passed him again and back into fourth. And then moving on to, was it lap four, perhaps? That uh, with no pressure, no cars in front, no cars behind, he just loses the car and pretty much just spins and backs onto the grass. Yeah. which is bad enough to lose control without anyone actually pushing it, who's just driving normally and just losing it. Um, but then on his way out, back on the track, he's not watching enough, he's not attentive enough, he doesn't see Stroll coming, and he uh, hits Stroll uh, towards the back end of Stroll's car, spins him out, gets a 10-second stop-and-go penalty, which is the worst penalty the stewards can dish out except a race ban. Or, yeah, precisely. Yeah, because a race ban. That's great. Stopping for 10 seconds in the pit is actually, you have to drive in pretty slow. You have to yeah. break the car totally, stand there for 10 seconds, then all as slow out again. So it's a lot of seconds. Yeah, and you're not allowed to change tires or you don't allow to do do any work on the car during those 10 seconds either or afterwards. But it's more, you uh, can't drive in, have I'm, 10 if seconds. If I'm calculating it completely, it's cars. at least 30 seconds in real time. Yeah, normally you say a pit stop takes 20 seconds or so. And I think even around Italy, it was more like 24. So that means it was... Yeah, except, yeah, for maybe a few seconds for that pit stop. Yeah, probably 30 is about right. And, uh, yeah, he finished up in in 13th position in the end battle. And he, he was nowhere near, nowhere near the points. Like, both Stroll, which finished 12th, and Cassidy Nevins was quite a ways away on track. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just another... <laughs> Another bad day at the office for Vettel. Yeah, and Stroll like, yeah. uh, taking a less harsh penalty then. For what they fi yeah. were thinking, he did the same thing. They were saying in Andy Broadcast, at least. Yeah, he also drove out, didn't see Gasly coming, or didn't care. I don't know which one, but he forced Gasly off the track, didn't crash into him like Vettel did, and that's what the stewards say, why Stroll got a lesser penalty than yeah, but Stroll was really screaming about what Vettel did, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he was not happy. Oh. And maybe he was still fuming about that, that he made that mistake. I don't know. Uh, you don't do the uh, best... Uh, uh, th your best choices when you're angry. So oh. perhaps that's what happened. But yeah, even with this, Leclerc winning, Vettel outside the points. This even drops Vettel down to fifth place in the Constructors. He is now behind Leclerc, not only on race pace and on qualifying pace, but now also in the standings. And looking at the last seven races, I don't see him getting past Leclerc again. 
No, not me either. Leclerc is way too good. Yeah. Like he he has <laughs> he has taken that role as first driver pretty much. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's I official. Don't think I don't think it would be done official, but yeah, I'm I don't, I'm not sure if Vettel can really handle that. I don't know. It's it's hard to know because I didn't watch him in the Red Bull days. Um, how he was as a driver when, say, Ricardo joined, which is, was another young, hungry driver, just as Leclerc is now. Uh, how did he manage? He left quite shortly afterwards, I believe, after Ricardo joined to join uh, Ferrari. But was that because he got uh, frustrated? He got sloppy because the pressure from his own teammate or was that just he wants another another challenge i don't know yeah, i don't know either i didn't watch those years no i've only heard about them afterwards yeah. pretty much um but who knows because right now leclerc is looking like a fir- the first driver and he he is he's behaving like the first driver both on and off the pitch or pitch um uh, track yeah <laughs> And Vettel yeah, looks so, really, really old, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, old in the brain. Yeah. Uh, in a in a way, I can guess you can say. But yeah, I don't know. If if that is like Leclerc is now officially the first driver, first driver of Ferrari, what will happen after the season? Will Vettel even stay on? I have no idea. Will he? Or will they still try to have Vettel as the second driver? Or will they still be adamant that Vettel is the first, even though Leclerc is, right now is definitely better? The question is, can Vettel's ego handle that? Yeah. Will he be able to say, like, yeah, I'm no longer the best driver here, and actually play that second role for Ferrari? Or will he leave for another team to try to become a first driver again? Or... Will he feel even leave the sport? Yeah, I'm feel like he doesn't feel like a person who can handle being the second man. Yeah, I'm I'm uncertain about that too, and that's going to be interesting moving on to the rest of the can season. Can he even because... handle driving for a worse team? Is my question. That's also what we're going to find out. Yeah, like, his old team in Raikkonen has been done pretty well. Yeah, but um, like Raikkonen is pretty used to playing the second fiddle. True. But Vettel, I think about many Vettel's years ego, the like in the last races of the last season, we were seeing him doing a lot of mistakes because he was desperately trying to catch Hamilton. Yeah. Like, and now he's getting, like, almost pushed away by his own teammate. He's getting outdriven and totally. Yeah, will he be able to handle this? I don't know. It's going to be interesting because I think this could end in, I would say, two ways. They can end in several more, but either Vettel can see this and just resign to defeat and he will he will not get better. This is the level he's going to be at. He's going to continue doing the mistakes. He's going to keep... Uh, being outclassed by Leclerc both in race and qualifying pace and and who knows what's going to happen after the season. Or he's going to see this Leclerc actually challenging him and now become a better and that's actually going to light a fire 
in him to get better, to get back that first position because he wants to be that first driver. But then he knows he needs to get better because Leonardo Leclerc is better than him. And then he's going to fight to get become better and maybe work those stupid mistakes out of it, out of his driving, and maybe he'll become that that championship winning driver again. Yeah, I'm hoping so for his sake, or this will can end in no more Vettel in Formula One. It could. That that is a, a real real opportunity or yeah, because a I real said, scenario. I said to you all earlier last season, I'm worried for him. Yeah. Towards yeah. the end. Yeah, but in the beginning here he looked like he was ready to give it a fight, but now more and more it looks like Vettel is getting back into that like uh, the depth again, like the darkness again. He's getting back in, into where he was in the la- in the end of the last season. Yeah. And how many and how many more of those uh like uh how many more times can he can he rise up from that? I don't know, and how many times will the team uh take it? Because yeah. he's done a few like unforced errors by now. And uh, like even this season, that's not an unforced error in a way, but I mean look at Bahrain. Hamilton overtaking Vettel on the outside in a corner, which normally you don't overtake on the outside, but because of the strong winds, Hamilton was allowed to do it or able to do it. And Vettel's reaction was one of surprise and uh, just panic in which he, he spun the wheel, uh, spun the car around. He wasn't able to to get the car beneath him when he got surprised when he got when uh yeah when that happened he just he panicked pretty much well it looks like that way anyway when you look at the in, in the uh the cliffs that you can see because he's trying to get the power down but the car isn't ready for it and yeah it does not look good no it really doesn't Anyway, but Renault is finding their way back. Yeah, moving about some positive things again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I wanted to get some positive there. It, it was yeah. needed. Indeed. Yeah, because after Renault had an amazing qualifying and before they even practice, and they were the the third best team. Like they managed to get a full 22 points this week and after finishing fourth and fifth, Ricardo ahead of Hulkenberg, really closing in on uh, on McLaren, which seemed to be running away with that fourth spot in the constructors. So that's something positive for them. <laughs> yeah, but will we get a fight? Maybe? McLaren only got one. And uh, the thing I'm always mentioning, and Williams didn't finish last. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, Kubica finished last. Yeah, but or Kubica, no. which I understood, uh, learned this weekend. Kubica is what they call him in Italy, because oh. apparently he he pretty much I don't think he grew up there, but he raced a lot in Italy as uh, a young young boy. So he's a lot around the circuits, and for some reason they didn't call him Kubica; they call him Kubica. So that's why you can sometimes hear both names from him. 
But yeah, him finishing last. Groschon ahead of him, Raikkonen ahead of him, and then Russell. Um, seems to be the normal guys between the, the Williams cars. Mm. Although it's the other Alfa Romeo towards well what I would have expected. But... Yeah, I didn't have expected Raikkonen. I expected the Jovenat. Yeah. Jovenat, who actually got his best position yeah. this season in a ninth with actually a full two points. Because Raikkonen, <laughs> Raikkonen during this season has been pretty decent or actually pretty good yeah. for having that car. Yeah, he has. He's been challenging high up in the uh, driver's standings. Right now, he's falling down to 12th on the same point as Hulkenberg after his amazing uh, race here in Italy. But yeah, yeah, I think he's he's been having a good year otherwise. So Yeah, I mean, but, uh, you can always have a bad race. And I just want to mention also Albon of the Swiss yeah. team. He has been pretty good. Yeah, he got a... Uh, was it fifth or was it sixth? I need to double check this. It was yeah. a fifth in Belgium, and now it was a sixth here in Italy. Uh, I, I'm content with him, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's been he's been doing well. Like he had he had a hard fight with Sainz in the start of the race where he got uh, pushed off the circuit, and I don't think it was fouled from Sainz. It was uh, a hard fight, and, and there was there was no track in the end of it. So. Uh, that cost him a bit, and in the end, he didn't manage to to uh, challenge the uh, uh, the Renaults ahead of him. He was he was almost just a little bit over a second behind Hulkenberg once they finished there across the finish line. So that was a good race for him. I would say Verstappen also a pretty good race, finishing eighth after starting twentieth with. Uh, both, I believe, no qualifying time because of a fault in the engine. And he had to switch, the, or not the engines, fault in somewhere else, plus uh, a penalty for changing the engine. So, yeah, starting from the back, managed to get eighth. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. We're stuck behind Paris for, for a long time. But, yeah, Paris was just too good. Racing point too quick in the straights for the Red Bull to, to challenge there, so... I also would say really good at Paris. Now, let's move on to the Singapore Grand Prix and the Marina Bay Street Circuit. Now, the first Grand Prix was first held here in 2008. This corner has 23 corners. This circuit has 23 corners. Uh, it's 5 kilometers or 3.1 miles long, and they drive it for 61 laps in a race. And a fun thing is this is actually the first night race that the F1 has ever, uh, they ever driven during the night when, it's, when it first was driven in 2008. So that's a little career for you. Now, if you go through the lap, you start off with a just um, half long, not that long, not that short, uh, start finish straight down into a hard left turn one. Uh, where there's been some uh, crashes, uh, both both last season and the season before, or the year before. So always something to keep an eye out for. Then through turn two, which is pretty much just a right-hander to get into line for turn three, which is a almost hairpin left. 
then the cars will start accelerating through four, which is pretty much just just still accelerating from three when you turn into it. Uh, going up through turn five, which is important to get your exit, because this is the first DRS straight and the fastest part of the track, where they reach above 300 kilometers an hour before they need to slow down into turn seven. And now we start to seeing the thing that is most knowledgeable for the circuit, the 90 degree turns. We got seven, pretty much a 90 degree left turn. Then we got eight, a 90 degree right, followed by nine, a 90 degree left. So very much stop and go. And um, as always, important to get that run through the corner and not lose too much speed, but you know, the usual stuff. Moving down to turn 11 left into a kind of narrow part to, through turn 11, 12 onto a very tricky turn 13. Another uh, really hard left onto the second DRX straight. A very good uh, passing opportunity if you get the uh, exit from 13, correct? Then onto 14, a very hard uh, right-hander through 15, which is just a slight left, into 16, a hard right, into 17, and just corner after corner after corner. <laughs> and yeah, 18, another left, 19, another right, 20, another right, and then left. And just pretty much 90 degree corner through this entire part of the track. Pretty much from 16 through 20, it's just 90 degree corner. Now moving on to the last corner, which is actually two, 22 and 23, but it's taken as one, and it is the fastest corner on the circuit. And after that, you go through the last DRS straight, which is down the start finish straight. So yeah, that's one lap. Now quickly talk about what happened here last year. And I don't want to talk about the winners, at least not just yet. Because I want to talk about a uh, a wrecking ball. <laughs> uh, Sergio Perez um, had a very weird race here last season. First, first lap and turn three. He punted his own teammate, Esteban Ocon, into the wall, finishing his race. And... <laughs> It's been split about who's to blame for it, but look at even then, uh, looking this race live when it was, and now uh, looking back at the highlights, I still can't see it being Ocon's fault more than he is on the outside where maybe he isn't that easily seen. He's not expected to be there at least, but yeah, so a little bit aggressive from Paris, I feel like. And then we move way further into the race where he had, after the pit stop, he got back out behind the Williams of Sergei Sorokin and got stuck there for a few laps. And right after he actually passed, or thought he passed, Sorokin fought back. And we were in between turn 17 and 18. Paris pretty much just turned, uh, turned right into Sorokin. He claimed that he didn't see him. For me, watching it live and watching it back now, it just feels like a frustration. And it's a weird way to get out frustration on a racetrack. 
Now the Anthrokin didn't suffer any damage from this. Paris got a flat tire. So <laughs> justice, I I guess, but yeah, kind of because she he was kind of torp torpedoing people. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's not something I've been used to see with Paris. Not before and not since. But that race, I don't know what was with him. No, something was wrong. At least he was really frustrated. He must yeah. have been because he was like ramming into people left and right. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I don't, I, <laughs> it's almost it maybe like he was uh, driving some stock car race or whatever it's named. Yeah. <laughs> like they're driving into each other a lot there. Like it was almost like he was thinking like I'm driving one of those races. Yeah, but I don't think to be fair, I don't know that much about his way to F1, but I don't think he's been driving stock car. No, but so. you know what I mean. Right? If I'm gonna compare it to something. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh like but yeah. You just... can't drive like that. No. <laughs> Definitely not. So yeah. It's probably not something we're gonna see this season, but just yeah. maybe it was the heat. It was kinda of warm here last season, even though they drive through in the night, it was still like 20 or 20, 20 plus at least Celsius. So, and if you watch the replay from last year, the funny thing is you don't see a lot of racing. Yeah. <laughs> you see two instances yeah. of racing. You see the crashes, you see the, um, the blue flag being ignored. You see pit stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And you see yeah, him was... winning, if I want to add that. Yeah. Which he did, yeah. ahead of Verstappen. And... It was, it's, I think, kind of boring race in that sense. That, of course, being stuck behind uh, Grosjean and Sorokin, Hamilton was, uh, while, while the two aforementioned battled each other, and both ignoring blue flag that made Verstappen be able to catch up and he was actually right behind him less than a second behind uh we just uh i don't remember how many laps behind it was i no actually it was a full 20 laps to go but yeah um it made it a little bit interesting but in the end uh, hamilton won with almost nine seconds um but yeah, last season, Mercedes Red Bull strongest. I um, have no problem seeing that will happen again. Not me, not me either, because uh, this track should be a Red Bull one. Yeah. Absolutely not a Ferrari. <laughs> no, they, they will have a hard time. So I don't think we will see another win for Leclerc here. No. I think he will be um, very happy if he gets on the podium. Yeah, I think so too. And um, uh, sorry for Vettel, I don't think he will manage to get in the podium. No, I don't think so either. Because he ha he is having a really rough time, and this is not the circuit where it's easy for him to take points. No, no need for like last year, Ferrari managed to scrabble to a third place, and that car was way better in the slow core in corners overall may way better than this year's car which is built for uh, straight line speed 
and this circuit, it pretty much just only have three straights that you can even get some speed on. That's that's the three uh, DRS straights, but I don't think they are long enough to counter uh, to counter all the slow corners around this track. So yeah, I, it might even be a uh, fight for Ferrari to keep ahead of McLaren. Yeah, um, I'm not sure because they are usually very good at these kind of circuits yeah. as well. I think. But the, 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 yeah, the only question for me is really is, will a Mercedes or a Red Bull win? Yeah, that is the question. Yeah, that is, that is totally the question. I think the one who gets the other one uh, to be in front of the other one. Well... Like, if you know, yeah. in the beginning of the race and everything, I think the one who, like takes the race from the beginning will win because uh, both, like... both drivers are really good uh, Verstappen and Hamilton on keeping people behind them yeah it, it was I think it was a interview I read uh, I heard about Hamilton as a young driver and as uh, growing up into the driver he is today he was always good at getting more out of the car than his opponents. Like somehow he found that little bit extra speed that no one else found. And I think there's two guys like that in the uh, in the entire field right now, and that is Hamilton and it is Verstappen. They can bring out more out of the car than any other driver can. Uh, which that to me means feels like them. They are the two who's going to fight for it. I think actually the more important, uh, interesting is going to be, I don't know how it is with penalties or so, but I think both uh, Mercedes and both Red Bull will be able to start um, from wherever they finish in qualifying. And I think the battle for third can be an interesting one between Bottas and Albon. Oh yeah, Albon is a really good driver. Yeah, he's he's impressed me so far this season, and it hasn't been the easiest. It's been a, a two tracks where Rebel isn't at their strongest. This is a a favorite circuit of theirs. Um, they've been really good here the, this this entire time. This uh, this era of engines has been so. Yeah, like uh, I, yeah, Ferrari should have a really tough time here. Yeah. I think they will be happy if they can finish fifth and sixth. Yeah. Like, because the top three teams are so close now Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, um, that I don't think Ferrari has enough of a passive advantage over Red Bull like I thought they would have. They're way too close. So, and I'm even worrying, worrying for them, I said, with the McLaren. Because. I think McLaren is just as the Red Bull. They are not the fastest in a straight line, but they're really good throughout the corners. And absolutely really good acceleration, I believe, they have in that car. Yeah. And Verstappen, um, for one, so. is really good in corners also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that just gets the Red Bull car to be even stronger, to have a guy who's so good in corners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... 
it's probably going to be a fight between Hamilton and Verstappen. Yeah, I think so too. Like, then, then we will have. Uh, uh, then I have no idea who's coming after that. Maybe yeah. Albon. Yeah, that, that is going to be a, a, a real test. Because he's been good on circuits that has not really been to the restraints of the Red Bull. Yeah. Now let's see him to this circuit where I don't know. Uh, I don't haven't learned. I haven't learned the F2 uh, which circuits they drive or not. Like, are they also going to drive here in uh, Singapore, or is this a circuit that he's never driven before? So coming on coming in on Friday is going to be a completely new circuit because then he might not be ready to fully race with Bottas come Saturday, come Sunday, or even Saturday in qualifying. If it is a fully new circuit, then it, then it might take a little bit of time to get used to how it works. But but if if he can, if he has learned, maybe he can learn fast enough, and then maybe we can see a real fight. But yeah, uh, uh, but it's wide open for me. After that, yeah, and uh, I have the usual suspects in the bottom. <laughs> Williams and Haas. <laughs> yeah, the usual suspect exactly. And yeah. I, I doubt that Giovinazzi in an Alfa Romeo will have a good time here. I don't know. It is the, it's the Alfa Romeo, which Ferrari engine yeah. probably has a similar problem as the made <laughs> as the main Ferrari team. But then, I don't know. It's hard to say. He just came from his best. Uh, race so far for Alfa Romeo so who knows he might be high on confidence and be able to to bring something out of the bag yeah but at least for Haas there'll be one positive thing and that it it won't be sunshine (laughs) oh yeah since the temperature has, has been a huge thing for how well the Haas car works uh, so at least they don't have to think about is the sun out or not because it's going to be during the night time so it's going to be an even temperature in that sense at least so. mm. and let's hope uh, it, let's hope that Paris doesn't go crazy again yeah I don't think he will no. I, I, I don't see him as that kind of driver um, he just had a weird last season a weird race yeah. but yeah that, that, that would be interesting like f- from after the two in the front everybody could join in there technically yeah almost everyone at least I'm seeing one of the yeah. th- this is one of those races that can be, get really weird yeah I hope so I would love to see a Williams in the points <laughs> oh yeah that, that would be amazing <laughs> I'm still thinking that Russell will be able to do it Sometime this season. Yeah, not this race though, I gotta be honest, because it is the downforce. It is the, um, that is the problem of, of the Williams car. Yeah. Of course, they don't have the speed either. To, Maybe <laughs> but, if uh, Paris uh, yeah. gets enough cars out of the race. <laughs> I I thought we were saying he's not going to do this. That's the reason. No, um, <laughs> that's the only way they would get the point. No, it, it is a street circuit, yeah. so I mean, there doesn't have to be another car involved. You no. you fall asleep at the wheel, not to, not really fall asleep, but lose that uh, 
just to lose that edge in the brain for a split second and you can be in the wall. And that's you out of the race. Yeah, street circuit seems to be really hard on you. Yeah, and I don't know the weather. I haven't I haven't heard anything about it. I would say it rains. The chances of making a mistake is just that much higher. So, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. That's really F1, but it, even more in the street circuit, and absolutely if it's raining. We'll, we'll see. Maybe it'll be, I was going to say sunshine, but it's not going to be since nighttime, but <laughs> maybe it's going to be like 25 degrees and... and uh, you know, no rain for the entire weekend, and then it's going to be a completely different race than it, it could have been. So, yeah, nighttime and rain it would be a ter- terrible combination. Yeah, but yeah, that, that it would be an interesting race to say the least. Like, but, uh, yeah, I I hope Vettel uh, at least shows us that he still is the driver he's supposed to be. In some way, yeah. As, uh, as we already said, like this, this him now feeling probably knowing that he's not the best driver anymore. That he's got two ways to react, and time will tell how he's going to react. So, yeah, we talked about that yeah. earlier in this episode. Like, does he have the psyche to uh, like accept this or not? Mm-hmm. Not every, not everyone can accept that you become the second driver out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like he has been a really good driver for so many years, and he has been number one for a lot of time. And yeah. Yeah. Does he have it to like step down from that? Not everybody can do that. Or bring it back up and nail that first spot again. Exactly. That. That's like. Like. <laughs> and but yeah. uh, if you're one of I'm those who needs the first spot, if you fail taking it back. That's the end of your career. It might be, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping to see him a, a few years more. So that was it for this episode. I hope you liked listening to it. We like recording them at least. So, <laughs> but we will be back with the next race. And where is that race? It's in Russia. Yeah. Back to Europe for some weird reason. Exactly. And when is the race? Next weekend, I believe. Yeah. Or weekend after is in your Exactly. Morning, so we will be back next week with another episode of this podcast. That was it from us. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>